Blog Talk Radio. The following has taken place during Total Sports Live. Lottery tonight. This is how it all fell and went down. 
at 14 overall. The uh, at 14 we had Oklahoma City Thunder, and at 13 we had the Phoenix Suns. We had Utah at 12. We had Indiana getting 11 overall pick, and then the Miami Heat get 10th overall. Charlotte number nine, Detroit number eight, Denver seven, Sacramento six. Then we had Orlando falling, getting number five, and then this is where the intrigue got a little interesting. The Knicks fall out of the top three, and then then to the fourth spot, and then the Sixers end up at three. Lakers get two, and the Minnesota Timberwolves get the number one overall pick. So I'm just going to start off just going down in the order on this queue. Uh, Angela, what was your thoughts when you saw that the Magic had ended up at five, and the Lakers were still up there, and then the Knicks fell to four. What was your opinion? What was your thoughts automatically when you saw that? Uh, as soon as I saw number five, I said my immediate thought was, well, there goes that brilliant strategy that we were all supposed to have faith in. And that's not me being gloom and doom. That's me being realistic. So that was what all that was for, and we ended up with just our pick. So that was my immediate reaction when I saw that. I was like, okay, so we didn't get the Heat pick. We didn't get the Lakers pick. Here we are. We just have our pick, which would have been the same boat that we would have been in had we not made all those, you know, psychotic trades. Definitely, definitely. Adil, what was your thoughts when you saw that happening? Because you, you was down at the party tonight. So what was the thoughts, the reactions, as, as sitting in the crowd just watching this all unfold? Yeah, I was at the uh, Liberty Bowl is right through Ricky Sanchez uh, draft lottery party. Um, when we didn't get the 11th pick, it was a little bit, not a whole lot of disappointment there. But then when we didn't get six either, or that's when people started to get a little tense. And once the Knicks got four, that's when, and once the Knicks got four and we got to that, second commercial break. That's when everyone started cheering, pretty much. Because basically the thought process was, okay, we didn't get 1-6-11, that's fine. But we're still in a good position to get three, which is where we're slotted, or we can get one or two. Uh We got third, and when that happened, I honestly didn't know which cheers were louder, us getting third or the Knicks falling to four. (laughs) There was a there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, praise for the Knicks getting four, and a lot of people were kind of happy about that just to see the Knicks fall off the ladder a little bit more. And uh, quick update: I've been reading on Twitter, uh, the Knicks are already shopping the fourth pick. That's already happening. Yeah, that's definitely uh, the Knicks are already jumping ship, and I know me and Kurt talked about this. On uh, me and Kurt have talked about this tonight. He brought up the same thing you did about the Knicks shopping the fourth pick. Kurt, what was your thoughts about the Sixers getting the third pick, and also what are your thoughts about the Knicks already looking to shop the fourth overall pick when this team needs help? Well, first off, I find it kind of ironic that Phil Jackson is in New York. And that the team he used to coach kicked him out of the top three. 
So I hate the Lakers, but shout out to them for kicking the Knicks out of the top three. Uh, I'm actually pretty fine with the Sixers hitting at the third spot again. Uh, it kind of takes the pressure off. I w- I'll be kind of ups- I'll be kind of upset if the Lakers do you know stab us and grab D'Angelo Russell because he is the you know he's m- for the Sixers draft board. I think he's their top guy. It's really no secret he wants to be here. Uh, the Sixers organization loves him. Uh, if they, dra- I know a lot of people are high on Emmanuel Moutier. We'll just see how we'll just have to see how those things play out. But I mean, the Knicks falling back farther than Stephen A. Smith's hairline. I'm super happy about that <laughs> because you know, anytime your rival comes up on the short end of the stick, that's awesome. I mean. Those guys, they, I mean, people talk about the Sixers because, you know, oh, we're tanking, we're losing on purpose. Uh, did you see the Knicks last season? You basically imploded the team midseason and sat down your best player after the All-Star game, like the very next day after he played 20-plus minutes and said that he couldn't play any further. Then you ship J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you just basically implode, and you have really nothing to show for it. Obviously, you're not happy because you're already shopping the fourth pick. Uh, I fully expect – now, I don't expect a move to be made, but I, I i mean, we all know Sam Hinkie well enough now. He's going to be on the phone with the New York Knicks about that fourth pick. He loves lottery picks. Uh, people – you know, some people are upset – that the Sixers only ended up with one pick in this draft for the first round. But we have five or six picks total. I mean, we own the second round yet again. Uh, you know, if you have to look at the bigger picture. If you can get D'Angelo Russell, who I think is probably the best guard in the last two or three seasons, in my opinion, to come out of college, I mean, because he's good. He's all, in my opinion, he's already better than Michael Carter-Williams. I think this kid will be great here. Uh, but like I said, we'll just have to wait and see. But the fact that the Knicks, the fact that the Knicks fell, you know, really eased a little bit of the, the gut punch of not getting those picks. And people relax. We still get four, possibly four first round picks next year. So it's a win win situation. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, you... Next, what is any only? Sorry, Javon. No, you can go ahead. Like the Knicks would have been the only real competition. I feel like for. For Russell, I think that you know, I think the Timberwolves are at a pretty good spot where they can take uh, Towns or Okafor, and they need you know either one of them. I think the Lakers also want to draft a big guy too. That's why I'm optimistic that the Lakers hopefully don't swoop in and grab him just to be spiteful, which I think. But I mean, Nerlens Noel showed you once you know Ish Smith came around like what he could do with a natural point guard. And not that Ish Smith isn't really like a long term answer, but that's why like I. You're right. The best thing that could have happened was the Knicks are not in front of us because they would have been the only like realistic team that would have taken. So. Definitely, without a doubt, without a doubt, we have about we have about 18 minutes left here on the Total Sports Live podcast. You make sure you listen to us on Blog Talk Radio or on the TuneIn Radio app. And I'm great, and I'm great that. You and Kurt are bringing brought this up about you know about the Lakers. Hope we don't stab us in the back. Chad Ford from ESPN tweeted tonight around ten sixteen that said if Towns is gone, the Lakers like Okafor, but also need D'Angelo Russell shooting. So that leaves a big question mark. That the Lakers do need Okafor because they compare him with a Julius Randle, but 
D'Angelo Russell could be intriguing for them enough to take. So, here's the question I just want to leave up to you guys to just banter and talk around with. If somehow the Lakers just say, we're taking D'Angelo Russell, screw Philly, we're taking D'Angelo Russell. Now on the board, the Sixers are now left with the little Okafor, uh, the little Okafor, Emmanuel Moutier, and possibly Mario Hazonia, Willie Kaustan, Justice Winslow, Chris Dabrzinius, who has also looked like he could be a number one overall pick in some GM's mind. If that happened, what would you guys do if you were Sam Hinkie in that position? Anybody can take it and go. I think Honestly, Oh, okay. You, okay. You can go ahead. Honestly, your... honestly, I would just go ahead and draft. I would just go ahead and draft Okafor. He's the best player available at the third spot, assuming that Towns and Russell go one-two. You know the Knicks are trying to shop number four. They can use somebody like a D'Angelo. They could use somebody like a Jaleel Okafor, and they could pair him with Carmelo and whoever else they bring in. So the Sixers could theoretically say, okay, we'll draft Jaleel Okafor, trade him to you, we'll take four, we'll take Moutier, and then we'll try to come back and get another shooting guard from elsewhere, be it uh, Michael Frazier out of Florida in the second round, who I actually really like, and possibly get more picks or more assets from the Knicks in a trade like that. I don't see if it's between Okafor or uh, Moutier or Justice Winslow, Winslow has to be the pick. If D'Angelo Russell is not there, Winslow 100% has to be the pick because I, as much as Hinky was the only GM to go to China to see Moutier play, I don't know if he's sold on him. I don't know if he's sour over the whole point guard who can't shoot thing after dealing with MCW for two seasons. I don't think he would go back and do that again. I think he would much rather just take Justice Winslow third, come back and get another point guard in the second round, or get, or just roll the dice with Ish Smith for one more year, knowing they have possibly three first-round picks next year. So even if Russell isn't the pick at three, be it him not being available or them going somewhere else, which would be foolish, I don't think that the third overall pick with Russell not on the team, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Uh-huh. Well, I'll pick. I'll pick up. I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna say you draft Jaleel, you draft Jaleel Okafor, and I'm gonna tell you why. You don't draft Emmanuel Mudiay. You take Okafor. You take him for his offense. And as as some people are not going to like this, you put Nerlens on the bench. You put Nerlens on the bench because if you have two offensive big men in Embiid and Okafor, I mean, you can't stop that. And you have a high energy. I mean, we all know the energy and the defensive prowess that Nerlens Noel possesses. You bring a guy like that off the bench. Not not saying he's a full time bench player. You know, you alternate. In the beginning you see what works and you see what doesn't. Uh I'm not sold on Emmanuel Moutier at all. When and, you know, people often say this guy they this guy reminds them of Russell Westbrook. I'm sorry. Russell Westbrook is a once in a lifetime point guard. There is no maybe I would say him from an from an explosive standpoint, him and you know, a healthy D Rose, but that's about it. 
those those guys don't come along that often. Uh, and like Audio, you know, pointed out, I don't think we want to go back down the road of having a floor general who just cannot shoot the ball. I mean, Michael Carter Williams is a god awful shooter. Uh, he can he can penetrate the basket. But when I watch tape of Emmanuel Moutier, I see a lot of Tyreek Evans. I don't see a Westbrook or a John Wall. I don't see oh, that. God, that yeah. I don't see that thunderous, you know, get to the basket or that fluid, sexy Kyrie Irving like layup skill. I don't, I don't see that in Emmanuel Mudiay. And you know, I mean, yeah, he still is young. He played in China. Yeah, I, I get all that. But uh, I'm, <laughs> you have to take Ogle for in that case. And then he, you know, we have a plethora of second round picks. And Sam Hickey has already proven. He he can put those to great use. Not to mention, you still have Jordan McRae. Not to mention, you still have Dario Sarge. Not to mention, mm-hmm. you still have Arslan Kazemi. <laughs> I mean, come on. The the sky is the limit for this team asset-wise. People are so hung up on, okay, we didn't get the Miami pick. We didn't get the Lakers pick. We haven't even seen the full, the full you know, magnitude of what, what Sam Hinkie has done with the players we already have. I mean, Jordan McRae, has, we've only seen him play in summer league. We still may go out and re-sign Pierre Jackson, who got injured in summer league last year, and who was actually tearing it up in the summer league last year. So you know, things will things will come to to will come to life fairly quickly for this team. Like the hashtag says, this starts now. It's going to be exciting this season. Definitely, Angela, your thoughts. Do we plan this? That I went after the one that waxed optimistic. I think this is like a shtick that I wasn't let in on. <laughs> I mean, I, I I feel like the same way I said on Sunday night. If Okafor is out there, I guess you got to take him. But I worry that it, it renders Noel the odd man out. And I mean, how that dynamic would, you know, how that would af- I worry how that would affect him mentally, and like you know, if that would affect his progress physically, which I think would be a a problem. But you know, you can't you can't hurt your team because you're worried about hurting one of your present players' feelings. And, you know, as much as they need, a, a, like, a point guard, you know, Moutier can't shoot. And if they were to take him at number four, that would just be, like, a desperate – or, I'm sorry, number three, number three. That would be a desperation move, drafting for need, and that's exactly what they don't need to do because that's got to teams end up in rough. So, I guess you got to take over for but, I mean, I don't – Necessarily see this being the best case scenario as great of a player as he is, just because you know the, the whatever dynamic you have going on, or you thought you would have going on, might get a little bit skewed. But I guess that's why we have like a whole month to speculate about this and argue with each other. So we've only just begun, guys. I actually, I actually think the Lakers could take Emmanuel Moody. I mean, because I was talking well, to Russell, uh, be there for us, and that's that's all the better. Yeah, I don't. That would be great, and because I, I was talking to Brandon Griffin from Total Sports Live, and you know we were to, we were debating this. He was like, "Well, what if the Lakers take Russell?" I'm like, "They very well could, but what if they they could also take Emmanuel Mudiay?" I mean, let's just be real. Jeremy Lin is not a starting point guard in this league, and they haven't had a true point guard in I don't know how long. Uh, the Steve Nash the Steve Nash deal went down, in my opinion, as probably one of the worst free agent deals ever in the history of the league. The guy was injured his majority of the time in L.A. They only had, I think, one NBA playoffs, uh, you know, uh, appearance during his tenure. So I feel as though point guard is a huge need for the Los Angeles Lakers. And and if we know anything as in recent years, I mean, of course, last year you knew Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick after Joel Embiid got hurt. 
your new Wiggins is going to go number one. But before that, I mean, we all remember when Anthony Bennett went number one and nobody saw that coming. I feel like this year, there's going to be, within the top three picks, there's going to be one person that we just didn't expect to see. I hope the Sixers aren't that team, and we do take Russell if he was there because I, I, I'm so high on this kid. Um, somebody was like, well, you know, the last time we took a guy out of Ohio State, he was horrible. I'm like, Evan Turner and D'Angelo Russell are two totally different players. I was like, D'Angelo Russell has that it, D'Angelo Russell has that it factor. Evan Turner, he, I mean, he's Evan Turner. He, he thought he was better than what he was. But, you know, that's the past. we got to look at the present now. D'Angelo Russell to Philly. I'm almost confident it's going to happen. I would be more confident, of course, if we had the number one pick. We don't. We have the number three pick. But if he's there, I would be stunned. I would be utterly shocked if Sam Hinkie did not draft him. Definitely. And I want to throw my little uh, and throw my little two cents in the hair. Uh, I definitely I agree with everybody's point. I have really knows. I really I really like everybody. I really agree with everybody's viewpoints. And I really like how Kurt brought up the six or second round. How he did so tremendous last year. Like you said, Arklon Kazemi, when they got him. I think it was the year before this year's draft. They got Pierre Jack, like you said, Jordan McRae, who who tore it up in the Australian Basketball League and then played a little bit of time over here with the Delaware 87ers, did some time over here. So he's going to be back with the team uh, for another go-around. Pierre Jackson, like you said, he was he was starting to look like something. Also, don't forget the Sixers do have some drafts and stash players. Yara Cyrus could be coming over, but also don't forget in the second round last year, he also, uh, they also drafted the likes of Vasil Milicic, or whatever his name is, Milicic, who is an uh, international point guard, solid passer, six foot six point guard. So we'll see what happens with him. If he eventually comes over, we don't know what those type of deals when we deal with international players. So we'll definitely see how the ball rolls uh, for the next few months. We have about eight minutes left here on the podcast. So, uh, Joe, I want to go back to the Lakers' point real quick. I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think that point guard is a need for them. I think they really like Jordan Clarkson. In the 38 games mm-hmm. that he started for the Lakers, he was 15-5-5. and five. I think I think they like him at point guard. I think they would you, rather roll the dice with Jordan Clarkson, who was first team all-rookie uh, NBA this year, and then just yeah. go with uh, Towns or Okafor at, number, at the second overall pick, pair him with Randall, run Kobe for another year or two years or whatever he's got left and then use the Kobe money when that comes off the books to go out and get a Russell Westbrook and bring him back to L.A. I think that's much more likely than them drafting wow. D'Angelo Russell at two. Russell Westbrook to L.A. I called that wow. two years ago. So, I mean, we got a, we, we got an interesting NBA landscape. I mean, there 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 are talks and, Jovan, you know I have my sources. There are strong talks, and I can support this. There are strong talks. And I can't, I'm not going to say the NBA. I'm not going to say this person's name, but Jovan knows who I'm, exactly what I'm talking about. There are strong talks of a player in the Western Conference coming to the Philadelphia 76ers. I'm not going to say this person's name because, well, I have my obligations. But me and Jovan have talked about this numerous <laughs> times. But if this happens, this will reshape. This will reinvigorate this franchise to an epic proportion. Like clue. Uh, I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're talking about Kevin Durant possibly coming to Philadelphia. 
I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say anything else. I, I can't. <laughs> Stop being a fun vacuum, Ayo. Let it go. Stop being a fun vacuum. You were you were that kid that always asked what you were getting for Christmas, like three days before, weren't you? Look, man, it was one of my favorite hobbies in elementary school. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Definitely, we have about uh, we have about five minutes left, yo. The show's been a good one, but um. Let's talk. Let's dive in. Let's talk a little bit about Sixers free agency. Uh, everybody, just give me one player before we run out of time. One player that you would love to see the Sixers target in free agency because that's going to be pretty. That's going to be happening right after the draft. So, starting with Angela, one player that you'd like to see the Sixers target in, in, in NBA free agency. Um, I don't know. Apparently, there's blockbusters coming in from the West Coast. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're. I think they're, 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 to be completely honest with you, I haven't even like really been paying attention to like free agent rumors. I've been so focused on like this whole draft stuff and like. I mean, they need veterans. You know what they need? I don't. I I can't really necessarily give you a name of a player, but this is what I can tell you: the kind of player that they absolutely need. They need a player like Ray Allen. They need a score. They need a bona fide score. There at the end of the game when they're only down by like two or three, maybe four possessions they can say, I need someone that they can put the ball in their hand from beyond the arc and they know that they'll think it because they have the veteran police, they, can, they won't get nervous, they can get fouled, they won't like they won't jitter on the line. That's the kind of player that they need. I don't have a name for you, my apologies. Uh, but honestly, like that's, that's the type of player that they're missing right now. They need a bona fide score. Definitely. And they have, they have, goals, they have holes in every single position. So, you know, that player can be pretty much any position on the floor as long as you can put that – Put it in their hands. Better presence. You can hands. You can put the ball in at the end of the game. And you know they'll get it done. So they had a chance because they go through too many too many drafts where they just don't score for like three, four, five, and six minutes sometimes. Definitely, Dio, one player. Up until yeah, up until this morning, I was I was dead set on saying yes, Danny Green, give him a contract, but. Uh, looks like San Antonio is putting the band back together. Pop, uh, Manu, Ginobili, Tony Parker, Duncan, they're all coming back for one more year. That being the case, how about Wesley Matthews? He's gonna he's he's coming off an he's coming off an Achilles, but he's a knockdown three point shooter, plays a little defense, and he's probably gonna get low ball offers from a lot of teams. If the Sixers were to offer him like five mil a season for two years, kind of like a prove it to me contract, I'm okay with that. West Matthews for two years while we search for a shooting guard. And that's the good thing about like the whole it. system. They've got plenty of money to throw at any player that they can want to throw money at. Yeah, the the whole throwing money at Jason uh, Jimmy Butler, I'm I'm not a hundred percent with that plan to be honest. Mm-hmm. And last up, Kurt. Well, I mean, we can take the NBA 2K route and just sign Jimmy Butler and Kyle, Kawhi Leonard and Wesley Matthews and just win titles for the next five years. But that's not going to happen. I'm actually with I'd the deal. Lose I literally my mind. <laughs> I would love for the Sixers to sign a guy like Wesley Matthews. This guy's a proven scorer. He can shoot the ball. He's coming off an injury, so that might shy some teams away. But we all know Sam Hinkie is not in a rush to win. Well, at least not in years past. So, I mean, putting – Putting a year, and he's still relatively young. I mean, putting a guy like him in the mix would be great. We've been lacking, uh, you know, significant shooters. 
uh, outside of Hollis Thompson, really. I mean, Robert Covington <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. Isaiah Cannon, when he's on, he's on. But you need that guy who's, like, just a cold-blooded, just like, oh, my gosh, just all, almost like it's just automatic. You you don't even have to really think about it when that person shoots the ball. Uh, we're, I mean, I'm not uh, – I mean, I wouldn't be against signing Jimmy Butler, but I, I don't – I mean, I've seen some ridiculous things on the Internet, you know, uh, I'm not a fan of the Sixers. I mean, I heard one guy asking, should they bring in DeAndre Jordan? I'm like, not for the money he's wanting. No, he wants a $100 million contract. I'm sorry, but he's not worth that. Uh, but I would say Wes, Wes Matthews is probably the the highest on my list and outside of Kawhi Leonard, even though I know that's, like, not going to happen. But, yeah, realistically, you know, Kawhi – I mean, uh, Wes Matthews would be on my list. Definitely. I like the choices of Wes Matthews. I also like Danny Green for myself. And I know who Curtis is talking about in a couple of years. I'm very excited thinking about it right now. I can see it now. Championship banners in the next three years with this guy leading the charge. Oh, man. It's going to be a great time. I mean, wait, wait, wait. Just, 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 think about, just, just think about that before we go. That player <laughs> with, with, with Embiid, possibly Noel, if he's still around, possibly D'Angelo Russell, and, you know, anybody else we bring – I mean, because there's so much I want to say, but I can't. But I'm just going to say, like, but you just got to look – you got to look at the big picture when it comes to Sam Hinkie. The, the, the plan is actually so simple. It's like – I mean, you think, think of this – just look at it this way. When he took over the Rockets, the Rockets were that team that was not good enough for the lottery but not good enough for the playoffs. They're in the Western Conference Finals as we speak. The guy knows how to build. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they're down eight with the. No, 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 and that's going to wrap up the show here tonight on Total Force Live Podcast. Like day, everybody for tuning in. We'll be back same time, same place, Sunday at 11. We'll, we'll talk more Sixer stuff for the rest of this month. Everybody have a good day, a good night, excuse me, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, everyone. Bring me D'Angelo Russell. <laughs>